Hey everybody, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk, and I'm here again with Logan. How are, how are you, my man? Oh, so good. Doing great? Yeah. Dude, what a weekend. It was it was crazy. We, we ran two Sparkle conferences. Oh, yeah. And Lisa Bevere preached. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And we celebrated what God did through One Day to Feed the World. Oh, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Let's start with Sparkle. Sparkle. Uh, I, I love that we were able to minister to 2,000 women yeah. that are part of our church or maybe coming from other churches or just in the community, people that were invited. And uh, what an impactful weekend. I thought from a creative perspective, our creative team was operating like really, really smooth. The, the different creative elements of openers, closers, and really in particularly, uh, in particular, the, is that how you say it? In, in particular. In in particular, the film team did an amazing yeah, job did. with uh, sharing some testimonies and with an opener video, and I was really really proud of our crew. And we're recording this now, a fresh new week, and the team feels healthy. I love being able to get through an event and see, like, man, the Lord really used us, um, used our team, and ministered to a lot of people, and praying that it impacts. Not just these women, but their marriages, their families, that there's a vibrancy running through the end of this year uh, as like strong woman of God. So oh, yeah. what, what's your takeaway from Sparkle? Oh, I love I love Sparkle. I mean, it's it's the biggest event we do in the sense of the amount of production and work and people and all that. Obviously, Seek Week is similar. Yep. Um, but it's all day for sparkle. You know, Seek Week's just the nights where yep. sparkle it's all day have two. So I just love seeing the, to your point, the creativity and, and the, I think there's something about the unity that happens. And obviously it's all women, but a unity that people come with expectation, right? Yep. And a lot of the women who've been before there, they know the boutique, they know the, the after party. Oh, I heard the know. after party was crazy. Oh yeah. They had a little silent, silent disco. Dis- yeah. Silent disco. And, uh, all the boutique shopping and the um, s'mores and and pizza, whatever you know, everything you need. Um, but but I just I think that there is something about the expectation that when you are coming in ready for something, you're ready to hear from the Lord. You're ready to have fun. You yeah. know how it is when you go to something and maybe it's a a corporate Christmas party or something. And you just go with a bad attitude. You're yeah. like, this is gonna be awful. Well, you're it's a self fulfilling prophecy, right? It's oh, yeah. probably gonna be awful. And so seeing so many ladies that are coming in with the idea that this is going to be amazing, that they're expectant from the many years of Sparkle that they've been to before and, you know, the, the friends that they're coming with or maybe they're coming by themselves ready to meet new people. And I think that expectation is one of the reasons why Sparkle is so great. And I think that we can have that expectation all the time if people show up with it. But you just see those special events where people come ready for God to move, ready to meet people. And I think that's an important uh, distinction. Yeah. And I, we should come to church every weekend with the same expectation that God's going to wreck us in the best way possible. I love just a couple guys talking about a women's conference, (laughs) but Lisa spoke on the weekend too. (laughs) Yes, she did. And, uh, actually the self-fulfilling prophecy made me think of something, uh, my parents told me growing up, only boring people get bored. Mm. And, uh, (laughs) because as, as a kid, you're like, I'm bored. Yeah. And it's like only boring people. Yeah, get you're bored. boring. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard from my parents, and now I am in therapy. And no, I'm kidding. 
No, the, the point is, the point is like, man, you get, and this is so much in life and in work and everywhere you go, we tell it to our interns and launching an internship. Uh, you're going to get out of it what you put into it in regards to expectation and asking good questions and wanting to learn and grow. Um, and genuinely, can you just imagine if you show up to church this coming weekend and you're like, I know that the Lord is going to change my life. Like he's going to speak something specific to me that is going to change something in my life. So, like God's got something for me. He like the God of the universe has something for me this weekend. I, I, I'm, I'm going to like dig it up. I'm going to like search it out. I'm going to, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to glorify his name. I'm going to, but, but I, I want to find out what is the gift what is the challenge? What's the prophetic word? What's the adjustment that I need to make? Like, what's the thing that God has specific to me? And it changes everything. Uh, and so, yeah, take it or leave it. But Lisa was here this weekend mm -hmm. and preached an amazing message on focus. Focus. And it's it's just awesome. I know we got a question later in, in the episode about masculinity. But it's awesome to hear from a mom of four boys that are now men, that are now husbands, and a few of them fathers. Like, she, she's been operating in this home as the mom with, obviously, a male husband and four boys that she raised. And so she talked about this focus, and she talked about uh, cultural issues. She talked about her shirt that said, the future is male and female. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is uh, it uh, offended a bunch of people online, I guess, and just caused a, a bunch of fighting. But it was a play on the the old saying, "The future's female," and not to recap the whole message. But I just thought it was so powerful for a female to believe in biblical masculinity, right, and biblical manhood, and what does a man need to be in this world and that they are not unnecessary. She asked one of her boys, like how, the future is female. Well, how does that make you feel? Uh, and her son said, makes me feel unnecessary. And so I just love that a female and a godly woman's like, no, men are necessary. Women are necessary. We're necessary together mm -hmm. to create a future. Actually, it's how you have kids, but, um, sorry, this is a family show. Uh, that's, <laughs> but you need you need men and women, and God God created us to be better together and to create future together. And I I loved hearing from her. I I just thought it, it wasn't like hot topicy, but it was definitely a challenging message. Even just from the standpoint of like, there's a fake world, uh, which is uh, oftentimes the internet and social media and all all of that stuff. Um, and there's a real world. And how well am I living in the real world with people that my eyes can see and that I can give a hug and I can pay attention to and I can look at, I can engage with? And well, and, and for Lisa, too, I mean, I, I think she has maybe 800,000 Instagram followers, something like that. So, I mean, I, I so, I mean when, when we're talking about a lot of people that you can connect with online, I think she has... A, a, a great deal of experience to where one post, you know, she goes out and, and yeah, 832,000 Instagram followers, you know, so she can do a post that goes out and, you know, her, I mean, her post from two days ago has 11,000 likes, right? And uh, I, 
Crazy. for her. So she's experiencing this in a whole nother level. You know, obviously in her message, she's like, you know, I can get 150 likes. She's trying to relate to us. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, my last one got 11,000. And the one, you know, she probably has some with hundreds she, she of thousands. Said, what'd she say? Five people share. Right. Share five it. shares. <laughs> she's like really trying to hit she's home. Trying to be relatable. Yeah. But, I but I think it's true that she, even like for someone like her, that is, could spend a ton of time and, and justify it and say, look at I'm I'm impacting almost a million people. Which which, which there, there is truth to that. Right. But she yeah. But she's saying don't and she even made a distinction. Don't those people you know, she said they're not real, but she was she was being hyperbolic in that they're tr- many of them are transactional. They're yeah. not transformational relationships in yeah. your life. So the transformational relationships don't put too much of your time in the transactional. Yeah. So that you miss or don't focus on the transformational people in your life that actually are going to shape you and mold you and and they don't care about how many followers you have they don't care how many comments or shares you get they don't care about your accolades at work they don't care if you're a new york times bestseller like they don't care about those things they care about who you are and of course that doesn't diminish the work that you do it doesn't diminish the accomplishments that you have but it's a realization that those aren't what matter yeah yeah don't give a stranger the right to ruin your day. Right. Uh, be way more concerned with who's actually in your life that you can see and that you talk with, that you live with, spend the most time with. Uh, that should be who you focus your energy on. Yeah. I uh, I want to get to some questions here. Some I'm ready. Some important ones. Um, first, want to say I did get a chance to chat with Lisa and Nathan Finocchio, and that comes out next Tuesday about oh podcast episodes biblical womanhood on talking church talking church. So we're going to talk about masculinity today. But if you want to hear more from her expanding on that T-shirt debacle and chatting with Nathan as well, getting his perspective, it was a great. You're saying she's talking about biblical womanhood? Yeah, we talked about biblical womanhood, and and Nathan jumps in, obviously shared some theological depth and had some fun on that too. So again, that comes out. Is it all three of you together? Yeah, the three of us. Okay, okay. Three of us. Yeah. Um, Jack and Nader, our good good friend. Oh, classic. He asks, is Logan staying away from Sherbert? Oh, I love the concern. (laughs) That's a callback. Uh, Callback to an earlier episode that Logan let loose one night. I had a bowl of Sherbert and I got the worst You talk about living on the wild side. (laughs) This guy was late night I lost focus. I lost focus. You lost focus, man. <laughs> you threw it out the window. I have not had sherbet Hang since, on, Jack. Remind me though, you're allergic to sherbet? No, I just, I just, it was just a sugar high. Like, oh, too much sugar. Too much sugar, and I got a migraine. Yeah, yeah, that's what'll do it. Yep. <laughs> so I haven't had it since, Jack. Thanks for your concern. Just overall sugar intake. How have you been doing? Uh, I don't have a ton. I did have a little bit of apple crisp from Kristen Peterson yesterday, though. Oh, yeah. She makes such good apple um, crisp. I went to Culver's last night. <laughs> <laughs> not, Did you get a concrete mixer? Well, not not by myself. With your kids. Yeah. I is it is it shameful to go by yourself? Just treat yourself to a little ice cream? It. Okay. Oh, Culver's is so good, bro. Anyways, uh yeah, we yeah, we did that as a family. And we had a I mean, super full week. Uh Kaylee was at at Bull Sparkles and and then also we had church this weekend. So Adley um, was taking pictures. I saw that. Yeah. I love having my kids serve in the church and uh Ivy got to participate a little bit and, and come just kind of see what a women's conference is all about. And then the boys stayed at home. How old's Ivy? Uh, she's five. Five. Yeah. Awesome. So she was floating around. She wasn't like a conference attendee, uh, but she got to hang she with She didn't have to pay for a ticket. <laughs> she didn't have to pay for a ticket. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't take up a seat either. So, sure. um, 
she yeah, actually, even if she did sit in a seat, she would take up an eighth of it. So. Right, right. Um, no, I love seeing my daughters be able to participate, and then the boys stayed at home. But um, just capping off a great weekend in ministry, and we oh, all yeah. stayed healthy and uh, loving on each other. We went and got a little treat, and uh, I did get a concrete mixer. Come on, medium. What what, uh, what top what mixins? Uh, Carmel and Heath, and and then they asked me a question that they've never asked me before. They said, "Do you want uh, salted caramel?" Or do you want hot caramel? Ooh, what'd you get? I got hot car- hot caramel. Uh, it was a mistake though because we didn't we didn't eat it in the van. We waited till we got mm. home, and the hot caramel had a little melting yeah. uh, action. So it wasn't all melted. But next time I'm going with the salted caramel. This is the stuff that you wanted to listen to yes. on the podcast. A Johns asks. Yep. How are soap scriptures for each day decided? Who decides? What we read. Who's in charge here? Who picks this? Why are we reading Habakkuk? <laughs> Habakkuk? Habakkuk? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sounds like it tobacco. Habakkuk? Habakkuk? Yeah, I, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Habakkuk? Um, okay, so... Reading Hosea, reading Habakkuk. Good question. Well, the whole Bible's good, and we do want to read throughout the entire Bible. Um, so we've got Old Testament scriptures sometimes. Uh, narrative sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, more poetry or the wisdom literature or uh, the prophets. And then New Testament as well. So try to try to mix it up. But the question is, who's in charge of it? Our discipleship team really sets it uh, annually. Uh, and there's different times throughout the year, like we do the January soap sprint where we read the New Testament. And then there's also like when we know we're going through a specific sermon series, uh, for a few weeks as a church through a book of the Bible or through a specific topic that matches with the Bible. There are times where we're intentional with uh, making an adjustment to the plan and yep. matching up what we're learning on the weekends with what we're doing in SOAP as a church. So it's something we look at annually that we can adjust throughout the year, but there's plenty of times that there was no intentionality in regards to what God is doing in our church or uh, the sermon that yeah. Pastor Rob was preaching, but it did ma- line up with mm-hmm. what we read in soap. And so um, those are cool God moments where it's like, wow, uh, he knew the plan. He knew yeah. what we were working on. But if you get to like around Christmas and you're like, wow, we're reading Luke chapter two yeah. <laughs> in the intense. Christmas season, that was intentional. Yeah. So and if you, if you want a, a name, my brother, my brother Connor is a big part of that. He, he uh, puts that together and then obviously helps has a few other people that help him. Yeah, feel free that. to send him an email. Yeah. Connor.ketterling yeah. <laughs> at rivervalley.org. Send Just it to him. Little words of appreciation. Yeah. If 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 you've got requests, send them his way. Yeah, send them his way. Uh one time, I think it was it was either Easter or Christmas. I think it was Easter. And we read the story of David and Bathsheba. And I remember texting yep. him being like, Is, could could we read a different story? Yeah, can story? we not do this? That was a few years ago. And so he since then we've we've changed that. We didn't just we we try to be intentional on the holidays. Yeah, yeah. But it's very good and and there's daily daily discipleship, daily habits on the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. App. Update your app. Go to the App Store, uh update it and kind of a new feature that you can see is the daily habits which you go in there and you just there there's a random question that it will ask you each day. Um I think today's question for me was what are you excited about for yep. tomorrow? What excites you about tomorrow? Yep. Uh, and so I just wrote a little note, and then you can uh, pray. Yeah, like breathe with the slowly and reflect. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 136.1. One. 
and then um, it, yeah, you'll see the prayer request. You can add your own prayer request, um, and then it shows you the soap. So uh, just kind of a new. We're just trying to help people in their relationship with the Lord and carving out a little time each morning or at night whenever when you're whenever you're going to do it. But um, check that out. Also, just a reminder: Disciple You is is a great tool. It's on our app. Um, you can also pray for the five hundred. Pray for the unreached. Um, you can watch last weekend's messages. So tons to do on the app. Get it updated. Little highlight. I wonder uh, if it would be sacrilegious if we er- if we earned like points for our daily habits. Like I'm I'm the gamify type, it. I'm the type of person that would like that. But then maybe maybe it's the Lord's like, are you doing it for time with me, or are you doing it for your your badge? Well, I know you, you version has it. I know. Uh, what like your streak? I so. had a streak going one time, and then I'm I'm I missed it one day, and then I just was like, no. So now I just do paper. Yeah, paper's the way to go. Paper, it's all Bible. good. Uh, the question we referenced before from Dave: How would you describe what success looks like for godly masculinity? Dave was probably at serving at Sparkle, and then he's like, all right. I, I mean, it's a great question. What? Do you, do you want to talk about it first, or you want to stab at it? Oh, don't say stab. How that was a masculine word? <laughs> I I think I think there's a number of things that are important to distinguish, and I love the way you phrase this, Dave. What it looks like for godly masculinity, right? There's phrases out there right now of like toxic masculinity and just masculine in general. I think that sometimes we confuse cultural masculinity for godly masculinity, right? It's like, oh well, you're gonna have a you know, be big and strong and, and have a big beard. And, um, you know, that's as masculine as you can get. And you like, you know, you like guns and you, you like to chop wood and, you know, you have a big workshop and all this stuff. And I think some of those things, some of those traits tie to the things that God has for the the plan for, for men. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those things are cultural masculinity, right? Whereas if you go and you look at scripture, you, you look at what Paul talks about both in Ephesians and Corinthians and Timothy about what it what it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine, and the the point of manhood. And a lot of that is to be a protector, to yep. be a servant, mm-hmm. to be someone who loves deeply, yep. um, who would lay down their life for somebody. Yep. Um, and so... Being being the masculine characteristics that God has is related to this role of a protector. I agree. Um, I think it's what we challenge the dads with when they dedicate their children to the Lord during child dedication. Uh, to be a priest and a provider and a protector, I think that that is, that is masculinity. I'll say this first, actually. We live in a world and a culture right now where it's like strong men are uh, almost demonized or it, it's like toxic masculinity, like, you know, and I think it's Jordan Peterson that says, you think you think strong men are dangerous? Yeah. Watch what a weak man will do. Right. Watch what a weak, a weak man will destroy people. A weak man will live based on his flesh fleshly passion a weak man uh, a weak man that's that's toxic i mean that's horrible 
but a strong man and a godly man through the lens of, of the Bible. Priest being, you know, I'm thinking about my boys, raising them to be uh, spiritual leaders. So wherever they go, they're a spiritual leader. Like it's on their life um, to think through the lens of what does the Bible say about this? What would the Lord think about this? Is this what the Lord wants me to do? What's the Holy Spirit speaking to me? How, how, how does he want me to navigate this challenge? How does he want me to navigate this adversity? That's a, another side note is part of being masculine and part of being a man is, is, uh, laughing in the face of adversity. Uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So challenges are going to come. Tough times are going to come and life's not fair and get ready. If you think life is easy, if you think the pinnacle of life is, is comfort. Nope. Uh, comfort is Chris, Chris Hodges says, Comfort is uh, the enemy of your calling, mm -hmm. and that's not. We're not living for our comfort, and so you're gonna to accomplish all that God created you to accomplish. It's gonna be through adversity and difficulty. Jocko Willink says, "Every time something bad is happening to you, you should say good, good. Um, I didn't get that job, good. I, I I was looked over, good. I didn't get the raise, good. Um, you're dealing with this difficulty in your body, good." It's not that that thing is good, but there's good that can come out of it. And you lean into that. And he wasn't talking about uh, through a biblical lens, but he was saying through a manly and masculine lens, that's the adversity that we deal with in our life. Like we should lean into those things of like, this is difficult, good, because it's going to make me stronger. Right. I didn't get that job, good. Um, it gives me more time to prepare for the next one. Uh, there might be something better coming. Um, I was overlooked, good. Um, I love an underdog story and, and I'm that underdog and I'm, and so I'm, I'm going to get victory. Um, and, and you go, go, go again, uh, through any adversity, any adversity, but biblical lens is to be the spiritual leader. And so I'm going to, I'm going to lead spiritually, uh, in marriage and, and with my kids and, um, doesn't mean my wife doesn't have, have a part to play many, many times. Um, Hey, what's the Lord speaking to you in conversation with my wife and, and I say, hey, I I agree, I agree. Um, I'm I'm in. I I I align with that. I'm I'm hearing the same thing. That's good. And this is not a marriage question, but the the second thing is uh, provider. Um, I remember being 13, and my dad was like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna work. Um, and so had. He helped me line up a couple lawn mowing jobs and he would drop me off on Saturdays as a 13 year old. Um, and I would, with my bike and my lawnmower and a little gas can, and I had my, my lawns that I would have to go mow. And, um, I just learned at a young age, like part of, part of becoming a man is like work is involved. We were made to work to provide and you got to learn how to work hard. Um, I think that that is a masculine thing is like hard work is something that we should we should be okay with. And it actually causes us to be healthier, causes us to be less stressed, causes like we were made to work hard six days and the rest one. Um, and it doesn't, none of this is, it means, it, it means a woman can't work hard. And none, none of it is like, as opposed to, but just talking through the lens of masculinity, um, we need to be able to pr provide and provide through hard working. Um, and, and then being the protector, God's our protector. Uh, and we can pray over our children. We can pray over our marriages. We can pray over ourselves like that. God would protect us. But at the same time, um, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, every feminist out there, if they're getting, uh, if they're getting, um, mugged and beat, 
they don't want a weak man to show up. They they want a strong man and a right. protector to show up, you know. Um, and no matter who you are, no matter what your ideology or what you believe about masculinity and uh, femininity, uh, when there is when there is crisis happening, um, where are the godly men to show up and to be a protector in that situation? Well, and and a lot of what you're talking about, I think, can be summed up with a word security. Right, yep. men who are secure in who God yeah, has made them to be, because not everyone looks the same from the traits they have, or the physical yep. build they have, or their even their interests. Right, some people, some men like fashion. Other men yep. couldn't care less. Some men like trucks. Other men like sports cars. Other men like bikes. Right. Yep. Those things do not make you masculine according to God. Right. But what does? is security and who he made you to be. But then also, I think another significant trait that men exercise that that I think a lot of men in our culture are not exercising is self-control. Yeah, I think one of the most important traits of a biblical man is one who exercises self-control. Also, the, the word meek, it was described of Jesus that he was meek. Uh, the Somebody shared this with me years ago that meekness is not weakness, but it's like a it's like a Clydesdale horse that's bridled. Think about how powerful a Clydesdale horse is, like the horse power. So powerful and such a huge animal, but bridled, that means the power is restrained and used appropriately. And I think that that is a great example of a godly man is there is power within, but because of self-control and because of a quality or character trait um, that is meek, I'm only going to exert that power when it's needed, when it's appropriate, um, when the situation requires it. And um, that, that, that's actually the difference between a boy and a man. Uh, because, and, and we got a lot of 25 year old boys and we got a lot of 45 year old boys and we got like, it's delayed adolescence that we've, there's this power that's being misused. Right. Um, and yeah, I I think that the exercising self-control is in so many factors, but it's in anger, right? It's in how we, we, we do moments of rage, how we treat people. It's in lust and how many people just are go to the vice of pornography, and you know that that's a that's a man who's insecure. And and I don't say that to to point a finger because I know a lot of people struggle with this, but that leads a lot to of death. people struggle with insecurity. It leads to death, right? Yeah. And and being secure in who God made you to be as a man, and again, or as a woman as well, who God created you. You, the Bible says that He is the Potter, we are the clay. Who are we to question our Maker if we? truly believe that God is the most high God. He is the one who created the heavens and the earth. He's the one who knit us together. Yeah. Why would we question him? Why instead wouldn't we ask, why did you make me a man, a woman in this place, in this city, at this time period? What did you create me to do, Lord? And I want to do that. One of the things that Nathan said during a Sparkle conference, he said, if you're called to be a stay-at-home mom, don't stoop down and be a preacher, yep. right? Because God made you 
to be a specific person, a specific calling that he's put on everyone's life. And sometimes that's different seasons. Yeah. Lisa talked about that on the on the podcast that comes out next week. Sometimes she was working, other times she was staying at home, other times she was speaking a lot, sometimes she wasn't. And yeah. there's times where your seasons of life change and, and your season doesn't define you, but the security of who you are. And, and one other thought that I had that I haven't really had until now is God chose to come down in the form of a man. Yep. He could have come down as a form of a woman. I mean, he's God. He could have done whatever. He, he could wants. have he could have came as a different being, right? He could have been a like a an angel looking. He could have he could have been a a, a beacon of light. He chose to come down as a man, which I believe is symbolic of yep. of course the bride of Christ is the church. Yep. Again, we, Paul talks about it in the New Testament. But the church is the bride of Christ, and the the symbol of marriage is that the man would be the leader of the home at, at River Valley. We allow, um, we, we believe in women in ministry, but in in the home, we we believe that the male should be the leader of the household, head of the, home. the head of the home, because that's what we see in Scripture. Now, again, that not in a domineering way, not in a way that is for sure. Is, not. Yeah, you know, you do what I say. No, it's it's. It's actually a sacrificial leader that says, come come difficulty, come hardship, come struggle. I'm going to, again, lay my life down, sometimes figuratively, other times literally, to sacrifice for my family and lead them in the ways of the Lord. It's such a long conversation to have, but I, I do see that there are a lot of men that are stepping off of their platform as head of the home or in their marriage and leading their kids and being a spiritual leader. Uh, they're stepping off that and and the wife or the mother is stepping up in, in into that place. Yeah. Um, and, and so vice versa, just I, I believe that the way – uh, we live our lives with the least amount of anxiety and the least amount of of struggle and the the healthiest and the most vibrant is to do it in the way that God wired us. And we should get our wives on this podcast because yeah. Kaylee loves talking about this, that um, she loves that I'm the head of our home and our family. And in no way does that make her feel diminished or less than because she has... She has a superpower given by the Lord in our marriage and in our family. And if 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 I wasn't doing my role, then she would have to step up into that, which would mean she's not able to fulfill what is her equal role mm -hmm. in our marriage and in our family. Um, and we are equal opposites. And there is a head who is the husband. It's such a long conversation, but this is what the world the world is upside down on. Um, you know, there are guys that are nervous about holding the door open for for a girl because girls can open their own doors for the, it's like it's like offensive to do anything that is uh, protective or that's providing or that's even leading. It's the world we live in is no, we don't want men to lead. No, we don't want men providing because we can do it. No, we don't want men protecting. Um, and it, it's the exact opposite of what a man should be. They should be confident and comfortable. And in no way in me saying that is saying that a woman can't do something. Well, yeah. I, th I mean, I think even the fact that that is something we need to be specific about and clarify, I think is part of the cultural tension that we're in. I mean, it, it, it's as clear to me in scripture as, as anything 
God wants men to lead. And men who lead, lead things that, who lead in, in a biblical way, yep. lead to, to strong families, strong churches, you know, strong culture. My wife, she's a leader in business, yep. makes good money, right? Uh-huh. That doesn't make her less of a woman or me less of a man. Right. That, that, again, that's a cultural thing. Yep. Me being the leader of, of our marriage does not mean that she can't go make money, does not yep. mean that she can't contribute to our household, but it means I need to spiritually lead. And I think for, for many of the women, and, and we'll wrap up here with prayer and, and a song as always, I think for many of the women who are leading their home spiritually, I think, to your point, it's due to an absence of their, yep. their husband. Maybe they're, maybe they're a single mom. Maybe they don't have that person. Obviously, we hope that there are men in those children's life that can speak into them, that can lift them. Maybe it's pastors, maybe it's uncles, maybe it's it's um, grandfathers. But I think that every woman listening, maybe maybe she had a toxic marriage, or maybe yep. she ha- has a husband that is not the spiritual leader of the home. If that were the case, I don't think they would trade it yep. to say, "Oh, you know what? I would rather have a husband who doesn't do that." There. We we believe that both and equal opposites, but people who both are leading. Now, there are things that my mom said that my dad would never say. There's things yeah. my dad would say in the way that they led and spiritually. And I saw my mom in the the discipline of her daily Bible reading and her yep. consistency and that that amazing just just consistent really voice in my life of, uh-huh. of unwavering, the love of the mother that Scripture talks about. Yep. But then the leadership. And, and so, again, we, we don't have time to talk about it forever, but I do think that the world needs strong, biblical, sacrificial servant men that are going to lead, not for themselves, but lead so that we can have flourishing families, yep. flourishing societies, and flourishing churches. Well, lead like Christ. Right. Uh Jesus walked to a cross right. to save humanity, right. and there's a hero story in that. And so I think uh, there is something to the there's there you can connect dots to, you know, let's raise boys to be heroic. Um, and heroic is not just uh, just dying for somebody, but heroic is. You know, if you're listening to this, it's showing up to the same wife and being faithful right. day in and day out. And it's going and working a job that you may or may not enjoy, uh, but but you know there's fulfillment in it because you're providing. Um, it's it's praying over your family, which is pray, which is protection over your family. I'm praying over my my kids as they go to school, praying over my wife as, as I go out and work or as she goes off to work. Um, I'm, I'm praying and protecting. And so um, there, that's the stuff of heroes. And it's not just going off to war. It's, it's showing up every single day, faithful as a man of God. Totally. I want to get to prayer requests. And this first prayer request ties perfectly to what we're talking about. Prayers for my husband and I's marriage that he would come to know Jesus, be filled with the Spirit, help me to change my heart daily, yes. be salt and light. So she's leading right now as someone who who only knows Jesus herself. And so yep. praying for her and her husband. Praying for uh, Vina. Um, pray, prayers for me, misjudging others and overestimating them and maybe relying too much on other people. So praying for, praying for Vina. Uh, Angie, that our house would not be led by emotions, but the peace of God. Also, my daughter's doctor's appointment would give us clarity and direction mm-hmm. for next steps. These are coming from the app, so you can join us in praying on the app anytime. 
Lori, praying for strength and endurance for this work week. Those whose homes I clean will feel his presence and be drawn to him. Oh, yeah. So good. Lori is cleaning homes, and she's bringing the presence of God. That's yep. amazing. Kyle, praying for focus. Focus. That all my actions draw me closer to my Lord and Savior. That those around me see the light of Christ within me. That I can share the word with them. Sarah, thank you, Jesus, for your provision. I'm applying to the nursing program this week. And although I don't hear back until December, I ask for prayer for favor over that application. I'm also praying for unity in my marriage and in our blended family. Uh, also praying for Wanju. Let our marriage be under God's kingdom, not under Satan's. May God's love and wisdom shine upon our household. Thank you, yeah, Jesus. Man. Come on. Emily, continued peace in a level head this week. Leading up to my mammogram on Friday, let there be no trace of cancer in Jesus' name. Pastor Kirk, would you pray for us before we close? And then, as always, we will end with yeah. a song. It's just, a, yeah, as you're reading those, it's just a reminder that people are living real life. Um, and real life is difficulty and pain and heartache. And, and, and it's resulting in people going to the really the only solution, which is God and bringing their prayer requests. There's hundreds of prayer requests every single week that are written down either via the app or on the prayer request card in church. And we are praying for you. And this moment every week in the podcast is your opportunity, not just to listen to me pray, but can you also agree in prayer over these needs and the hundreds more that are rep represented across our church? So Lord, we thank you for what we get to be a part of, and we celebrate the fact that thousands of women uh, were impacted at Sparkle. Lord, let it change your life. For those that came looking for freedom, I pray that, um, I, I, I believe that they've found new levels of freedom, but I pray also for complete freedom uh, from sickness, from bondage, from insecurity, from lack, from uh, confusion, from doubt, from anger, uh, freedom from all of those things and replace it, replace it with your Holy Spirit, with your joy, with your peace, with provision, with healing. Um, infuse each woman that was at Sparkle with your Holy Spirit and, and just supernatural touch from heaven. I pray over these needs that were just listed, a few of them, uh, were women praying for their marriage, that their marriage would be, would be a biblical marriage, that the husband would be a Christ follower, would be a leader, uh, would lead the home spiritually, that it would model Jesus Christ and the bride of Christ, which is the church. Lord, we pray over marriages in our church that they would be amazing examples. I believe that biblical marriage is to be a light to the world. And so we just pray that our marriages and our church would be a light to the world. Uh, we pray for these uh, appointments that are coming up, that they would get good reports, that there would be no cancer, uh, that there would be no disease. Uh, we pray for any surgeries coming up, that those surgeries would go well. We pray for supernatural healing from heaven, that, that people's bodies would be healed, not just because of successful surgery or not just because of successful treatment, but because... There's a healer who's able to send it from heaven to earth. And so uh, there's many, many more needs, but Lord, we, we bring those before you. We cast our cares upon you. We lay all of our burdens at your feet. And, and we know that in you we'll find healing, we'll find wholeness, we'll find restoration. Uh, in you we'll find everything that we need. And, and we focus this week on the things that matter. We put down the pretend world and we focus on the world that is right in front of us, which is our family, which is our neighbors, which is our church, 
the people around us. Lord, we focus on that this week. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. All I am, Lord, you deserve it. Let my life
listening to the river valley podcast it would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody we hope that this isn't just for people in our church we hope that this is people far beyond that but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet we're talking about it on weekends we're sharing in announcements but maybe you're a listener but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus so would you send it to them share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast if you have questions about faith about church about belief about theology about the bible please submit your questions you can find us on instagram at river valley mn you can also uh, email us finding us on our website rivervalley.org please we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast and again thank you for listening we'll see you in church this weekend